0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to His Only Vice, the film podcast where we discuss the movies that shape us. Can you believe we're on season two? Finally, it's happening. Um, You guys, I am so excited about this guest. Um, This is someone that I have been talking about movies with for literal years at this point. Calendar years, some might say. Um, He is one of my favorite people to talk about movies about favorite people to talk to in general. One of my friends, co-workers, confidants. Please welcome into your ears, Anthony Alvarez. Dylan, and... Thank
1: you so much for having me here, man.
0: Of course. How are you?
1: I what? am doing well. I'm super excited for this and I'm nervous. So in case anyone doesn't know, which no one does, I'm definitely popping my cherry right now. Th- and, and, thank then, yeah. and thank God. Welcome, and thank God.
0: I mean, I'm adding you to the list. I keep joking that I'm adding you to the bad post because i'm like a lot of people's first (laughs) yeah you were jesus you were um if you could see me right now i'm doing the gen z like um how have you been Uh, against all odds we're still in like fucking quarantine basically
1: yeah i mean to be honest i mean against all odds i feel good like i feel also with the inauguration yesterday it's like Uh, i feel hopeful you know what i mean and like critical but at the same time i'm like you know we're at a better place than we were exactly a year ago right and um i feel good about that yeah Yeah. it
0: already like feels different like i can't believe it was the inauguration was only yesterday i know yeah it seems like after like four nightmarish years it's like finally like a glimpse of hope we can we can still have like a couple more hours of like (sighs) i breathe out before like okay let's get to work even the uh, fact that we're here next to each other, like, in front of each other
1: doing this, like, that makes me feel happy that we're having this type of, like, connection again. Yes. And I miss that. Like, sorely, being someone that thrives off of human connection. Yeah. Being here with you, you? I'm excited. No, yeah. <laughs> not
0: you. I'm excited. Human bro. connection. Um, and, yes, listeners, we are COVID tested every mm-hmm. Yeah, liter- responsible. Literally picking you up today, dropping off a COVID, uh, COVID test, test yeah. <laughs> in my building. Um, Anthony, we first met in 2017 right does that sound right was it 2018 Uh, no it was 2017 it was 27 was it 2017 it was 2017 yeah yeah. and when i first met you you were in medical school yeah and now oh my god i didn't even like in my list of credits gassing you up i didn't even mention that you're literally a filmmaker you're like my first (laughs) filmmaker on the pod not just like someone who likes to talk shit about movies
1: you know but also like being it's it's like even foreign for me to re- uh, refer to myself as that but you actually for like when we released like our first short film this year and In you reviewed bloom, it yeah look it and when you reviewed it man we'll honestly it. we you i don't think you understand your perspective on it and you like releasing that how much that validated like what we had been doing, because like you speak about film in a way. I was talking to someone at work about this. Just like you speak about it in a way that it's like uniquely you, and it's so like it's it's inviting. You know what I mean? Like you're sharing your perspective, but you're not talking about movies and like culture in a way that feels like oh, I can't speak on that level. You know what I mean? And yeah. so because of that, like when you spoke about like that film that we released, I felt so I mean honestly like seen to be honest, and by someone that I care
0: about and someone that who's like taste that I trust so much. So. Thank you for that. It Thank you. That, That's yeah. very sweet. And I do like when I when I set out to make this podcast too. I was like, I found that there was like a lot of. I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the podcast. Like, I found that a lot of people who discuss films discuss it in this really like high like nose up way and like way that people can't relate to or understand. And so I just like to talk about them like from an emotional standpoint, mm-hmm. with like also you know peppering in <laughs> you know some awards trivia and some you know some some awards trivia. I don't think I, I you when we
1: talk. It's funny because you have that, like, you're like an encyclopedia when it comes to, you, like, we could talk about a a movie and you're like, yeah, I know what year that came out (laughs) with. I know who did everything. Okay, you're not always. No, 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 yeah. You're, um, You're on that level.
0: But yeah, that, I mean, that is, that, I mean, it's the thing in my life that I care most to, like, become encyclopedic about, right? Like. I feel like there's a lot of things in my life that I know a little bit about, right? And movies is, like, what I... Even even still, like, we were just talking about someone we work with. Um, shout out to Zoe, friend of the pod. Hey. Um, she is, like, a true encyclopedia. Like, she is, like, everything that I've seen, like, multiplied by four. Like, that's how many movies she's seen. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. It's, like, a, a thing that I um, care to know a lot about, for sure. You're well on your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anthony, <coughs> as I'm sure you know, slash... The listeners know the first chunk of the pod is getting to know the taste, right? Mm -hmm. Things you like, things you don't like, but mostly things you like because we like to stay positive on this pod. Um, So why don't we just jump right in? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. We'd love to see it. Okay. Tell us what are some of your favorite movies? Okay. So I'm going to go down this list that
1: I struggled making. But uh, I'm just gonna go off it, and then we can address it. Okay, so cool. I have cool, the prestige. Cool. Yeah, you just
0: you just give me like a bunch of them, and we'll pop okay, cool. around. So I have the prestige. Okay, uh,
1: prisoners, hereditary, game, uh, game night, old boy, interstellar, Jurassic Park, Rocky, um, Star Wars, and Arrival.
0: Okay, first of all, immediate thoughts go off. The taste jumped out, as the kids <laughs> would say. Second of all. Thank you for bringing up Rocky because I don't think anyone's brought that up yet. And I am secretly obsessed with that franchise. A very, very formative early film experiences around Rocky.
1: I don't think you understand. I literally, in my household, I had multiple photos of Rocky around the house because of how big my older like how big of a fan my older brother was mm-hmm. and honestly like a lot of these compl- is david older than you no no no. he's my younger but oh, my okay, older okay, okay. brother like, richie wait, right okay right, shout right, out okay. to richie but he definitely shaped a lot of my perspective because he was putting me on to things that because he's 10 years older so i was watching these things just because he was putting it on mm-hmm. but rocky is one of, like he loves rocky yeah. like it's like a joke amongst my entire family how big of a of a stand he is for that yeah. And he's a simp for he's Rocky. He's a simp for Rocky,
0: for sure. <laughs> our, for new, sure. our new word. But I love Rocky, man. I can't even tell you how, of all of them, to be honest. Yeah, so Rocky was like, is one of my dad's favorite franchises. Yeah. And I remember growing up, like, whenever that was on TV, we would always watch. There was like, I would like go into his room in the morning and he'd be like, chilling in bed, watching Rocky, like on our time. <laughs> remember those tiny little TVs that yeah, had that yeah. VCR built in? Um, we would, I can't tell you how many times I've watched Rocky 1234, like on TNT or whatever. Um, so I love that you brought that up. Um, one of the first podcast episode I ever was on actually was on like a, what we, what we were calling like a, like a boxing ring, like showdown between it was Raging, Raging Bull Bull versus Bull and, yes, Rocky with yeah, O, right? Yeah, I remember you guys in that. Yeah. Shout out to O. Um, and yeah, I, I, Rocky holds a very close place in my heart. Other things you, you mentioned two De, uh, Denis Villeneuve movies, mm-hmm. um, Prisoners and Arrival. And those are the
1: only two I've seen. Oh, and and you
0: were telling me that there's a whole catalog like you haven't yeah. even touched the surface. Yeah, you got to you got to get into his work. You never seen Sicario?
1: No. No never. Ooh, okay, no. yeah.
0: Okay, well, we'll add some more to it. Yeah. A lot later. of
1: my imposter syndrome is going to be jumping out in this conversation with you. I'm already I'm already feeling <laughs> No, it, stop it. Stop it. Stop it.
0: That is that is the opposite effect that I want. Um but he is by far one of my favorite directors, so I'm so glad you brought him up. Um and I'm really um sad that dune got pushed yeah i know um,
1: also it's funny because i mean i'll get into it in a bit but like timothy chalamet is one of my he's and oscar isaac are two of my favorite oh, actors and so when i heard about that oscar. i'm like
0: oscar isaac no. could me and my roommate have this bit who i like i keep making eye contact with him about oscar isaac because we have this bit where we say oscar isaac with a mustache could dot, 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 <laughs> and it's, it's it's really it just gets more vulgar, and vulgar every time but anyway um, have you seen x machina by any chance that,
1: that's, that's where that's yeah. where I fell in love with him oh me. for yeah. sure that, that scene that where he like, beard dances beard.
0: yes exactly oh my god I'm like, that movie rhythm. is wild yeah. <laughs> um, okay so yeah so can, let's pause real quick on mm-hmm. the um, the dune of it all mm-hmm. so like have we talked about the HBO Max of it all about about like the movies the Warner Brother movies going straight to um, HBO yeah we've, for told, a month, we've touched upon, uh, upon this at work so bit. I just want to Address the elephant in the room real quick about this. Because I have been on hiatus when that whole thing went down. I think it's great. Okay. Like this whole argument that like it's going to kill movie theaters is moot Because movie theaters are already dead. Like uh, we're recording this in New York City where movie theaters haven't been open for nearly a year. Mm -hmm. Right. So like if you want your work to be seen that all these like millions of people or thousands of people worked on. Hundreds of people worked on. Whatever. And you spent all this money to make. You might as well, like, yeah, give us, give the people who don't have access to a movie theater that one month to, like, see the movie, right? And then, like, I I just don't, it it feels so elitist to be like, well, we want to keep the theaters open. Listen, me too. Me and you were just gushing about, like, the experience of actually going to Mm -hmm. a theater, like, an hour ago, right? So, like, I want to be clear that, like, I love the movie theater experience. But it feels very elitist for all these directors to be like, "Well, we're pulling out." Like, my, even my boy Chris Nolan, like, just today announced, like, "Well, he doesn't want to work with Warner Brothers, or he thinks HBO Max is like the it's worst, worst streaming whatever." It's like, come on! It's like, you need to like, there, at some point, like, when there's a literal pandemic happening that's been going on for almost a year, like, there are people who want to see your work, and you should want your work seen too. So I don't understand why one movie, one movie is not going to ruin, like, per director or whatever, right? It's, like, it's multiple movies. It's Wonder Woman 1984 and Tenet and, uh, yeah, Tenet and, well, not even Tenet. Not even Tenet. Yeah. So I don't even know why yeah. Chris Nolan is, like, freaking out. Um, Dune, like, all this stuff. It's, like, your, your one movie in your career is not going to ruin – it's not going to bring – it's not the end of cinema.
1: I completely agree. I feel like it's a very egocentric view to kind exactly. of be, like, oh, I made this movie. One, like you said, it's fail- – or i don't know if you just heard it within the previous conversation but it fails to take into account all the work of the hundreds of people yes. that put into like that project and then on top of that just because the director is like well yeah, i want it to be seen exactly later. yeah it's and like, it's, like yeah. we all do but yeah like, come on and to be honest like i think that one thing that i love about streaming now is that it's made a lot of art more accessible for exactly. people and i think that like if, I I don't know who said it, but there was someone, I once read that, like, if art isn't accessible to everyone, it's not really radical art. Exactly. And so I think that the, like, I understand why directors would be mad, but it's like, hey, if you really believe in your art, if you're doing art just, like, for, to be able to say, hey, look what I made, then I can see why you'd be upset. But if you view what you're doing with a purpose, and, like, this is for people to see, to connect with, to to explore other stories, why not? Yeah, like, yeah. So
0: I'm happy we're of the same mind in that, yeah. That's so true. It's like, it seems so egotistical to be like, well, I want to make this money. But then they're veiling it as like, well, no, we, it's just like meant to be seen in a the theater. We yeah. want the theater experience to live on. It's yeah. like, cool. So do all of us. But like, let's cut the act. Like you just want your paycheck. Right? Yeah. Anyway, before we go down a rabbit hole, with that, um, <laughs> tell me some more from there. I, I remember okay, so Prisoners, I, which uh, has my boy Jake Jill in it. Yeah. Well, Every- speaking of Nolan, I
1: have the prestige here.
0: Uh, Which, and okay. Interstellar yeah. I need to revisit The Prestige because mm-hmm. it's probably the first Nolan movie I saw maybe like yep. even before I saw the Batman I think Batman it was my movie. first as well actually before um, the Batmans yeah and despite the fact that it came out in the middle of the Batmans yeah. um, and I and I love Christian Bale so like I need to I know, revisit yeah. that because um, I don't remem- I don't fully remember like what the like Nolan esque, like, I'm sure there was a twist. Yeah. I just like don't remember what it was. Yeah, no, there definitely um, with a twist. Yeah. But I just rewatched Interstellar mm-hmm. and it was so much better than I remember. Yeah. Not that I ever like remember it being bad, yeah. but like, I remember it being like a little too long and like a little convoluted and maybe had like 16 endings. Um, but <laughs> this time when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is ambitious. This is like the, the Nolan shit that I like. like. Yeah. The really ambitious. That's what I like so much about Tenet is like, everyone is like, well, it doesn't make any sense. And it's like, well, it does if you're like, like really paying attention and understanding that like that movie is meant to be like a ride, right? Like you're not supposed mm-hmm. to fully be able to connect the dots until the final second. So it's like, that's what I like about Tenet and what I like about Inception and what I like about Interstellar. Like it feels like these big ambitious like Nolan movies where like, and now Tenet like even feels like Nolan doing Nolan drag. Like it's just like <laughs> Nolan to the 10th degree.
1: Well, actually it's fun because I, I have yet to see Tenet. So mm-hmm. my, my view is definitely an uninformed We're going to watch one. that. But no, I definitely need to see it. I'll watch it on this TV. I'm not... I won't. I just want to see it at this point. But it's funny because I think you were telling me or someone it was at work maybe. But how that tenet has like it's like this big epic piece like we're we're like kind of accustomed to with Nolan, but lacking sort of like the heart or it feels yeah. that, was that you who was yeah. taught yeah yeah. And I think that's why I love Interstellar because it's this huge piece. Like like I think about that shot where you see like the spaceship in the small like bottom third of the screen and like mm-hmm. this huge like you know and space all around it and i think about though how a film that big you you feel so connected to the characters and mm-hmm. you feel like I, like the root of it is yeah. like very human it does have a lot of heart yeah yeah and so yeah. that's I, me being like like a i i'm i'm a sucker for that emotion man yeah. like i mean you'll see with the pick that we end up choosing for this but yeah. and i i wonder if that's intended and i think i heard you speaking like oh it's not in it
0: no there's mm-hmm. really it's pretty sterile like mm-hmm. it's um i would i've been describing it to people as like the love child of inception and in a james bond movie yeah it um, sounds dope, to be honest, though. I, just, I mean, like, yeah. it is fun to watch. Like, afterwards, I was just laughing because I couldn't believe, like, some of the shots that they attempted. Mm-hmm. Some of the, like, the audaciousness of everything. I was like, oh, my... Like, I I left the theater and, like, posted a story on my Instagram of me just laughing because, like, like, even thinking about it now, I'm like, I can't believe that. I they, remember like, you posting even that. Attempted, I remember you. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's really fun to watch. Um but Yeah, those are great. Rocky, Prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie, too, like... Prisoners? Is, yeah. Listen, we were talking about this at work, yeah, and someone we were, yeah. someone happened to like walk into the conversation, and I was like, "Listen, if you're gonna watch it, you better fucking strap I mean, in, because man. it is a ride." It's but honestly, like, it,
1: there all the performances in that movie, I, like, I mean, were amazing. Come on, the like, cast. You ready for this,
0: exactly. listeners? It's Hugh Jackman, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, Viola Davis, um, Melissa Leo, Paul Dano, and Maria Bello. They I killed mean, it, yo. They killed on. it, and um fuck who's the other one um there's one other big name but i don't remember who it is off the top of my head i think it's like the friend of y- hugh jackman's yeah, character yeah 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 oh um well terrence howard is that who yes you're i like? think yeah, it is terrence yeah, howard. Terrence yeah, howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you thank you thank yeah. you thank you um but yeah so that movie is you know i watched that movie on vacation that was the yeah. last that was the last movie i watched before shutdown oh no no not not quite not quite so i was in london and it it like was before raining before shutdown, right before. So right before yeah. lockdown, like we Stuck before, over there. Was literally, like, yeah. I, was, I wish I had. To be honest, <laughs> I was in London visiting a friend, and we there was one night when it was like raining. We're like, let's just have like a quiet like movie night in, right? I've been to London a, a bunch of times, movie like night. I, <laughs> right. And so we put on Prisoners, and we were like, this is so intense. Like the whole, it's like on hundred the whole time, um, but it really is so good. Um, did i miss any from that list
1: um oh jurassic park that's one. of course that's one of those that i when i tell you it's annoying how like my brother um my brother and i and joseph gonzalez who's like one of one of the members of project field and like the dp for the short film that we released mm-hmm. um we quote jurassic park like it's it's literally another language really? that we that's like so that funny. we switch between and so i love that movie because i it. Yeah, keep going. No, I was gonna say that movie was like that's a part of who I am. To be yeah. honest, I think just because of the timing of it and yeah. when I was introduced to it, and that was the first time like I was watching. Because for me, like similar to you said, like I, what I connect with in movies is the feeling at the end of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and like how every technical aspect of it is used to facilitate that feeling for people Mm -hmm. and that movie is just one of those like i'm left in awe and fear and like i'm feeling hopeful when i watch it's just
0: it's a ride it's an emotional ride so what's funny is i have never revisited jurassic park because i was so afraid the first time i watched it i literally like had nightmares like i I remember lying in my childhood bed which had the headboard right under a window and i every (laughs) night was like there's gonna be a t-rex in the window when i wake up like i just know it um, so I have not, I need to rewatch them as an adult to like appreciate the the technical aspect mm-hmm. and not just be like scared shitless. Yeah. By, I would like, love to get your like thoughts on it now, actually. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. I'm going to rewatch
1: it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan but, of the new ones though. I'm not going to lie. Like the, the ones with, I
0: mean, they had Bryce Diles Howard, like running through the jungle and unta- yeah. I was like, come on, <laughs> this is so stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't love them either. Um, okay, cool. Is that all of them? Did we touch uh, on it a little bit? I
1: said arrival. Oh
0: arrival uh, yeah, arrival that's one of those that yeah. that that changed me as well. You know, um Kevin had never seen it. And really? for those of you who are avid listeners, Kevin Burleski from the Book Smart episode is now my roommate. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Uh-huh. Um, and he watched it with my other roommate, Aaron, for the first time. Right, Aaron? I'm like calling across the Yeah, okay, he's giving me the <laughs> nod. Um, <laughs> Aaron's our new producer. Kidding, he's just the audience <laughs> today. Yeah. Um, But get ready, because you'll hear him on the pod soon. Um, Anyway, so they had watched Arrival for the first time, and I remember walking out and hearing the score again. Mm -hmm. There's something about that score that, like, stuck with me so much. It's been used a lot, too. Um, Like, it's been... Yeah, it's a very
1: popular score. But it hits so... I forget the name of it, but it hits so differently every time you hear it. And it's, like, one of those... I almost feel like it's it's a cop-out to use it just because it's so good and Mm -hmm. it's been used so much. But I felt like the way that that... The way it was used mm-hmm. in that movie was just next
0: level. Yeah, I mean, and that that scorer Johan Johansson. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's a beast. Did prisoners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like a frequent um, collaborator. with uh, mm-hmm. Villeneuve. And for the record, I fully don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. I don't know either. But yeah, that's what I'm okay. Yeah, with. this is a safe space between us. <laughs> yeah, <those> exactly. <laughs> um, and I've been pronouncing it wrong for years. If I am pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> um, okay, what about some of your favorite actors and actresses?
1: Okay, well, I was actually struggling with this list in terms of because I have so many, but the ones that came to mind in terms of actors were Denzel, uh, Jake Hall. I love Will Smith. I'm, you, ever since Pursuit of Happiness, I've been uh, at, oh, and Fresh Prince too. Like I'm just—he's another part of like he, he just came into my life or his art came into my life when I was like first starting to build my thoughts and what what like you liked exactly, yeah, yeah my taste, and so that would uh, yeah. So I love Will Smith uh timothy chalamet i think he's uh amazing yeah and i, mean, I think he's the real deal yeah but i also th- my next one is i i think you're not a big fan leonardo dicaprio right yeah i i'm a big leonardo dicaprio fan <laughs> don't do this to me yeah, <laughs> yeah but but uh, oh and jacob tremblay I think, oh that, kid a. I think so that kid is powerful. the future. I think that kid is the future. Thank you for, thank you for bringing him yeah.
0: up. I have not heard anyone talk about him in a while. Uh, his range His performance in room. Amazing. When I, when I tell you that is one of the most viscerally upsetting or like affecting movies I've ever seen in my life, yeah. that escape scene, Anthony, I tell you I was sitting mm. on my bed. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. I was sitting on my bed, palms sweating, heart racing, like shaking watching it. Shaking, watching it. That movie changed my perspective. Of like, what crazy! What a
1: small human
0: being is capable of yes, doing. What I so, said, yeah, he was so talented. And, and watching him and Brie like through award season was so cute. Yeah, they're like yeah, so obviously, they're... like, and she thanked him during her best actress speech, and oh, mm-hmm. it was just so cute. Have you seen um, Good Boys? By no, time? I haven't, no? but I've that, heard it's that funny. is
1: That is when he cemented himself, actually, as one of my favorite like, up-and-coming actors. Because I was like, this movie is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And you know what's funny enough? Actually, small like, thing that has nothing to do with anything. But when I saw that movie, um, I was right next to... Um, what's his name? Uh, what's it? Have you seen Warrior? warrior with, with tom hardy oh yeah yeah sure. what's oh the name my God. of the brother warrior. yeah what's a, oh. that's an amazing one by the way
0: what's the name of the he's oh my dad will kill me for not i am this a big fan of him as if well if i can't think um oh fuck um, 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 can, um, you, um can we
1: have a the joel, Adger, uh, joel, joel edgerton, edgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was right next to me yeah. watching good boys actually and i remember i was like i'm one not like my brother and I have a thing, like, if we see people in public, like, we're never going to approach like them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're yeah. never... Just yeah. to give them their space, you know? Yeah. But we sit down, oh. and um, also, am I, can I talk about anything? Because, like, like, I was on... Like, we had taken an edible oh, before. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we had taken... Okay, good. Okay, cool. So we had taken an edible to go see this movie, and I remember, like...
0: Yeah, sorry, parents. I smoked a lot of weed in college. Yeah, no. Actually, <laughs> if my parents hear this, they're going to be like, you what?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, um... <laughs> But it, I sat down, and I remember, like, I'm full-blown, like, peeking at this point. And I remember looking not, next ugh, to me. Not on an edible. And yeah. Nuts. And I am like, is this who I think it is? And it was Joel Etiquette. And what, what I love is that out of the movie, was I was I was laughing so hard in Good Boys that I was crying. But I would look over to, to be, like, is he also laughing right now? Like, yeah. do we have so much? To it? And he was dying, too. And, like, there was something That's about funny. that that validated my humor. I think just because I like the characters he plays. And I'm yeah. like, I don't even know him. But I'm like... The fact that we're both laughing at this, I'm yeah. I'm very much okay with this. One. Right, 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 yeah. right, right.
0: Um, Timmy, obviously, like America's current golden boy, mm-hmm. very excited about Dune. Um, like we were talking about. Um, so Leonardo DiCaprio, I feel like we've, I feel, I know me and you have discussed this, and I feel like I've broached it on the pod. I just feel like, um, he it's not that I dislike him. I'm mostly just mad because he won his Oscar for The Revenant yeah. when he should have won it for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly Wolf of Wall Street where like, yes, he's playing a very problematic character in that movie but he is balls to the motherfucking wall. Like, he is, talk about committed. Like, okay, cool, you slept in a, bo- a bear or whatever the hell that he did for The Revenant but like th- this, like, this new theme of like actors like doing these extreme things to win awards is so, it just feels so silly to me. Like, his role in Wolf of Wall Street was like just all committed imagination, believing he was yeah. this character with no like gimmicks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just I just respect his performance in that so much more. Um, but I never like he's like sort of like that um, like golden boy that I never really got. Like yeah, I, I feel I you. I don't I really get Matt Damon either. I think Ben Affleck has a bit more talent than the two Yikes. of them. Um, I love that, like him as a director. That's when my perspective of Ben Affleck actually changes. Yeah. Like that, um, that, that. even though Argo, that's a whole other conversation. Oh,
1: you're uh, not a fan of Argo? Uh, I, I am, but yeah. I think
0: there there was some some Decisions. obvious omissions from that movie, like that made it a bit like. Um, anti-brown people pro-american Actually, in ways yeah. that i didn't like yeah well that's like and a big plum. problem with a lot of films uh, of course yeah hollywood is yeah with hollywood in notably generally. racist <laughs> like, like ding dong it's racist hollywood at the mm-hmm. door um <laughs> but the thing about argo that really bothered me is the, the the cia agent in real life or whatever he was i'm forgetting the exact details His he's mexican his name his last name is Mendez yeah, and Ben yeah, Affleck gonna... decided to play Yeah okay, that's interesting break. yeah and then the second thing is that actual rec- rescue mission was largely largely a co um rescue mission of the US and Canada and there's not even a mention of Canada in Argo so it's like okay I get it like we Hollywoodified it a little bit but those yeah. two things I'm like mm. no, and I also like that year I was like mm, is this really the best picture but whatever I feel um, you on that
1: that makes those are very valid points yeah
0: but yeah. I like I, I like Ben Affleck a lot and like um uh, like Gone Girl, I really loved. Him. Gone and Girl's amazing. Actually, yeah. you know what? I take that back. I think, um, I think um, Leo is the most talented of those three. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about
1: it, has he? Di- he hasn't directed anything though, right? No. no. You know what? I haven't seen yet. Um, what is it? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't seen okay, it. Okay,
0: so that's an- So okay, so this is a great example. Is I remember I thought his best work in that movie is this scene that he's across from a child actress. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so good because that kid is so good. Like, he's just giving her so much. I feel like he sort of phoned it in. Now he's sort of, like, doing the whole, like, the same thing all the time. Yeah. And so his performance in that, I was, like, not that thrilled. So I'm, like, nah, I'm kind of over him, you know? Yeah. It's not that you. I, like, dislike him. I'm just, like, Neh. I completely feel you on that. that like, I like not simp his, for him. His role. <laughs> his... that, that's going to be the theme today. Yeah,
1: and, um, his roles are very much like... His roles are dinner roles yeah <laughs> he, he's literally the same not the same person in all his roles but you could see like oh yeah it's leonardo dicaprio you know yeah. what i mean and i think that we've like fallen so in love with him yeah. as a person or like yeah exactly as like an, an idea, idea that it's like oh he's in it and like when when once upon a time in hollywood came out i felt like just the the cast that was on it that's all that people needed to be sold on it you yeah. know what i mean i mean
0: it is quentin tarantino yeah. so like
1: yeah. of course people well,
0: lost their shit over that um okay that's the actress that you brought? Yeah, yeah. I didn't okay. have a lot of actors. Actresses.
1: Yeah. Um I have Lupita Nyong'o, mm. Uh Regina King after Watchmen. Mm. Uh, she that show is amazing. She's amazing. Her and birthday, it may,
0: her birthday was like a week ago. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday, birthday for her.
1: Uh Amy Adams. Uh Margot Robbie. Uh Sersha ronan and Florin Spew. Uh.
0: So much fun back here. <laughs> um I love Amy Adams. Um, but me and my roommate have a theory about her, which the I'll producer? save for our I'll say for our episode. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, about gonna... has she reached her her, her peak yet? Mm, I convinced. hope I um, hope There's more. And so I, I do love Amy Adams. So I, I, I find her very compelling on screen, and um I love a signature redhead. Jessica Chastain, Amy Adams, love them. Um, oh I love Jessica's Chastain scene as well yeah I forgot Margot Robbie I think is like the next best thing she's gonna be like she's about to blow the fuck I up agree. I think um, I think her makeup scene in I, I, Tanya I Tanya is like some of the best acting of that year I love that movie too um, or that scene in the mirror I yeah, should say yeah which, like, has I a know big what you talking about yeah. um, Saoirse Ronan is the next it, she already is like gonna be the next Meryl Streep you know I love um, her but it's
1: funny because we spoke about this because I don't I don't love Lady Bird but and I know you love Lady Bird. Yeah, but I still. I just like, want you to
0: know that you just ripped my heart out. It <laughs>
1: it's, you know what? Because I think it's where we we come from and where we grew up. And when you told me, and this is where like I appreciate uh, like art in general because the ability to instill empathy and like understanding of other people. And mm-hmm. so I saw it. I'm like, I I didn't love it. I felt I just felt very disconnected. from this character and then you told me like you know what i think the reason i connect to is because of where i grew up and like having that sense of wanting to like like even you coming to new york and like it's just you you shared your perspective in a way where like i understand that and that makes me appreciate it a lot more so it was
0: it 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 reminded me so much of myself and like growing up and i think i touched on this a little bit in the ladybird episode um but there are so many similarities down to the last name Ladybird's real name in that movie is Christine McPherson. Oh, my really? My last name is McPherson. McPherson. Like, oh, wow! So it's like it was you, speaking when, to you when yo. it said when she said that in the movie, I was like, <laughs> like immediately, I was like, oh my god! Um, and so it's like the this like small town. Like she's from Sacramento technically, but like she describes herself as being from the wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Can relate. Her parents like sh- struggling financially. Can relate. Um, rocky relationship with her parents in her teens. Can relate. Um, not that I had like a particularly rocky relationship with my parents but like there's that age like right before college where like if you're gonna fight with your parents it's gonna be that. It's, yeah, it's gonna be 17. Sure. Um, Wanted to go to New York City for school. Can't relate. And yeah, yeah. did. Um, So it's just there's so many little things that the, the theater program of it all the wanting to develop your own sense of identity the nickname like everything was like it, it, it just struck me so it, it, it was such a specific movie that like rang so universal for me that um yeah that's a really special movie but
1: that's exactly why like this podcast or is like uh like just creatives and people create creating spaces for people with different views and backgrounds to have discussions about this like that's why i love that's why i love that i'm on this podcast right now that's why i love that there are podcasts about these things or spaces where people can speak about it cuz it's like i don't need to fully get something for me to fully appreciate your appreciation of right. it you know what i mean and yeah, I, and I, it was after hearing it that i started like you know what I need to revisit this movie. And and, and when I did, I'm like, no, I, I definitely appreciated more after hearing your perspective. And the thing is, some people would say...
0: My work here is done. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: well, the thing is, some people would say that it's like, oh, that it's not, like, that it's not the movie. The movie didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just my, like, my perspective of it yeah. that came, that was influenced by you. Yeah. But I'm like, I think that's a beauty about releasing art to the world, that it's con- it's not just our perspective of it. It's yeah. the shared collective perspective on, like, a piece of art. And especially, like, how it go- moves through time and moves through, like, events in, in, in society and, like, history. And so, I love that, that I could watch this movie, walk away and be like, I'm not super impressed with this. And mm-hmm. then be like, no, you know what? I am starting to value this now after the conversation. Yeah, you know?
0: I, I mean, I feel this. I mean, the movie that we're going to discuss today, like, I would have, I, 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 I liked, but I never, I never was wanting to go back and, like, look at it with, like, a critical eye. Yeah. like. I didn't think I'd ever be taking notes on the movie we're going to talk about today. So it's like, but yeah, I mean, that's sort of the same thing. Um, Florence Pugh is I love like her, an yeah. overnight sensation. Yeah. Like, yeah, she like all of a sudden was like deeply ingrained in the social like conscious. Um, I think she's going to do amazing things. It was. I feel
1: like she's only been like I think of Little Women and I think of mm-hmm. Midsommar. and that's kind of all I
0: know her through. So yeah, 2019 was like her her you know, Breaking cannonball out, yeah. year. Yeah. Um, but she also did a movie called fighting with the family, which is like a fun, like, Oh, the wrestling. movie. Yeah. The wrestling yeah. yeah movie. Okay, okay. Um, and which is, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. like not her giving an Oscar winning performance, but the thing about her is, you know, and I speak about this a lot. Is She always understands the assignment. Mm. Like I always joke, like, say it with me. She understands the assignment. <laughs> right. And she, she knows what movie that, that movie is like, she knows that it's just like a fun, you know, it's a family sort of like coming of age family tale Midsommar is a dark 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 examination of things like depression and relationship struggles and um she fully understood the assignment in that and then in Little Women she understood it so deeply that she made an a famously unlikable unrelatable character likable like you actually felt for her when she was like we can't like that scene with Timmy where she's like, we can't keep doing this. Like I- I'm obviously in love with you and you don't see it. Like mm-hmm. w- what's the tea sis to like make it 2020. Um, and so, and, and and like even when she, cause Amy's the youngest, right. And Florence has that, like that kind of like deep, like raspy voice. Yeah. Like, so for her to like do all this physical stuff, like to, I-, I actually believe she was 14 or whatever in the, in the beginning of the movie or 12 or whatever it is. So like, that deep commitment, I think, is what makes people really like resonate with her, um, because not even like Little Women, of course, is the one that garnered her an Oscar nomination. But Mitsumar absolutely could yeah. too. That is a titanic I completely agree. role, I like completely that. Agree. She she is literally like pretty much carrying the movie on her shoulders, and it is like a lot of emotional labor. Like, can you imagine getting that script and thinking, okay, yeah, I got this? <laughs> like, come on, it's like it's like Tony Collette in Hereditary. Like Ari Aster, he's writing these mammoth roles for these women in these horror movies where it's like you're acting to a, like a green screen sometimes yeah. you know like yeah no i
1: think that she's also she's going to be a huge star you know I, also i think it was Talia who's another friend of the pod that she mm-hmm. was telling me about like a short film that Florence was in that she was raving about i think I yeah
0: know. talia is like florence's number one fan yeah so. well
1: i i want to watch that as well because i feel like i i think about midsummer and like like you said like that role that she took on and mm-hmm. because i think it's different than hereditary because i feel like tony tony Colette in hereditary like she she had other people to sort of like shoulder that film with. But I yeah. think that it meant some, like Florence, her character is like, the the movie's built on her character. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, for her to, how
0: old is she? Like 23. Uh, she's killing it. You know. I, every she... time I think of how old she is, I'm like, oh <laughs> my God. Um, and then she was also in um, a movie called Lady Macbeth. or Macbeth. She was in a Macbeth adaption mm-hmm. and she played Lady Macbeth. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it. I think that's when she first sort of entered the the conscious yeah. but like of course 2019 is when we were all like uh who yeah. the fuck is this um so yeah everyone loves her now and she's so charming on instagram she is like, yeah i you know it's um, funny
1: because like when we when you asked me to write down my favorite actresses i was like does florence have an instagram and i followed her today and i love it already like the personality is there you know what I yeah mean? Like oh it, yeah it bleeds through
0: she was like she literally went viral for like making jam like making marmalade. <laughs> um and i li- i bought a shirt that says like the it's like june 23rd 2019 or whatever florence marmalade made jam or whatever <laughs> um but anyway did I miss anyone? I think that was... No, I think we addressed everyone. everyone on it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Should we get into the main event? I'm ready for you. First are you all, ready for it?
1: That's the question. Listen. Um. I felt bad. Genuinely bad when, when I first told you. Because
0: I saw the look on your face and you were like... Okay. <laughs> so We're going to do this again, well, are we? First of all, like I always want to do... I will do whatever. Obviously. I love that you're fearless. And you're... you're your choices, like, the initial two that you presented were Old Boy, which is a Park Chan-wook, mm-hmm. like, revenge. Amazing movie. movie. And you you know, we've talked ad nauseum about how much I love Korean movies. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, ooh, yay, fun. But even that one is, like, pretty dark. And then you were like, or Blue Valentine. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm going <laughs> to have to, like, destroy my life again to watch this. Um, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy that you did because I have so many thoughts. I'm excited to the movie. Without further ado, the movie we're talking about today is Blue Blue Valentine. Valentine. So, before we jump in, let's just get some, you know, housekeeping, Um, some things to know. So, Blue Valentine is a movie written and directed by Derek France, or as we were joking, (laughs) Derek France. France. Um, I, who knows how to pronounce his name. Um, and it was released. So it was a, a Sundance movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was part of the 2010 Sundance Festival in January of 2010. It got its wide release on December 29th, 2010. So it was one of those, you know, late late in, late in the game award releases. Mm-hmm. You know how indie directors love to release their movies right before the like, Oscar the buzz. Buzzer. Um, much like Little Women in 1917, yeah. like came out like right around Christmas and New Year's last year. Um, it had a budget of a million dollars, which I actually read somewhere that Derek had to front his, 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 his salary as a director. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it went on to gross 16 million. So you can say that's a success for a small indie mm-hmm. movie. Um, it stars Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling, um, with supporting turns from Mike Vogel and Ben Shankman. Uh, many of you might know Ben Shankman from the HBO adaption of angels in America, which is what, you know, kind of catapulted many of those people into, um, Fame in the 2000s um, Or a higher fame Obviously Meryl Streep Didn't need to be catapulted In the 2000s But That whole cast Got like a renewed interest Right It was a hugely successful Miniseries slash Movie event Made of um, Angels in America Have you, Did you see that Anne? Put that on your list too Yeah like, okay Heavy Actually I'll literally Write it down right now um, The cast is crazy And it's It was like a, a Big huge hit um, So basically It's told non-linearly um, For my musical theater fans Out there It's kind of like Last five years Right Where like you're presented pre-marriage and post-marriage, right? Um, it's sort of splicing together these scenes from before when they were like sort of in this you know whirlwind romance into the basically the dissolution of their marriage, mm-hmm. right? Um, I often you know say or remark like some relationships start out hot, burning bright, right, and burn out even hotter, right? This is one of those, right? Yeah. Like it starts Absolutely. like like with a like a a Strike of a flint, and then, like, all of a sudden, with no real. I'm gonna save that actually. I'm gonna I'm save that comment. To get into until be, do, yeah. you. Um, so, uh, Will, uh, Michelle Williams first got an initial draft in 2002, Gosling signed on in 2006, and then it didn't actually begin filming in 2009, like 2009 right? Yeah, so, uh, um, about a labor of love, right? Like, seriously, it, it's actually kind of inspiring to it is. know, like. It is. You can have an idea that you wrote in 2002, and it doesn't come out until 2010. Yeah, Um, it's a fortitude for me. So, where do we even start? What what made you want to bring this movie?
1: I think the reason. I think this was the first movie that I saw because when this came out, I was 15, I believe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're pretty close in
0: age, and like I watched it way too young. Yeah, I
1: I I didn't see it till a few years after it came out, actually. But I remember, I remember watching, because I was telling you before that my family would throw these Oscar parties. Right. So, You're 25? Yeah, 25 turning 26. That's, and right, that's yeah. right. And so I remember, like, that movie being nominated that year. And I remember, like, the image of, like, I think it's, like, the cover image now. But, like, her sitting on his holding, lap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Holding her yeah. and them kissing. And just, like, there was something that, like, I think, and this is like still a part of me, but just like romanticize that. And I think that I wanted to watch the movie before I even yeah. like got a chance to understand what it was about at all.
0: Isn't it funny to call this a love story?
1: Yeah, it's, it's... I mean, it is. Yeah, it is a love story. But I think I think that's ultimately what made me want to talk about it. That it's... a. It was like the first love story that I saw that allowed me to feel like, oh, love doesn't always end up with two people happily ever after. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that that take of it is... The more realistic take in like that, that's, yeah,
0: I, mean, I mean, if you look at like the divorce yeah. rate, yeah, you know what yeah.
1: I mean? And so I think that. I mean, you're talking to a child of divorce. Is she Okay, so you understand, like, it's something that I think that we all, we romanticize, like, you know, people, especially like the way they met in the movie, like literally, which yeah. we'll get into, but like.
0: I have so many, I have so much to say about yeah. um, How they about met? him being like, I don't want our child to grow up in a broken home. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. girl, I got so much to say about that. I, I honestly you we can get into it right now. Then. Uh, great, let's yeah, start. There. Okay, so let's basically um if you haven't seen the movie friends, um pause this, go watch it come back. Um basically at the end um he's uh Ryan Gosling says he he his character um does this kind of like basically he's like gaslighting her the whole time. But anyway, um he at the end he's like you know, you know, think of Frankie. Think of Frankie, who's their yeah. daughter. He's like, I don't want her to grow up in a broken home. I don't want her to grow up in a broken home. That, like, really struck me because it just feels so manipulative. Because speaking as a child of divorce, I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, it's always better to grow up in a quote-unquote broken home than be around parents who constantly fight. Like, I promise you my life got better after they got divorced my mom's life got better after they got divorced my dad's life got di- better after they got divorced my brother's life got i mean i can't really speak for him but like seeing where he is now and like see, watching him over the years mm-hmm. that when they got di- divorced to me is just another wit- it's just another relationship milestone right it's not the fucking end of the world if you reach a point in your relationship with someone that you know, marriage is one milestone and you think, Oh, I think it's time for another milestone, which is divorce. Right. Where you go from there can like, it, it can be, it can go up. Like I, thinking back to like when I was 14, like the year before my parents got divorced, everything was better from 15 going on. It was like, I didn't have to be around people arguing I didn't have to like carry the emotional weight of feeling like I needed to keep the family together because like that's what you sort of learn like as a kid it's like well um, you know a family has to look like this especially mm-hmm. where I'm from like in like a small suburb where it's like everyone's peeping in over the, the hedges like oh are they happy this that and the other and like that definition of happiness let me tell you to keep to, to make this a short story. That argument of, well, think of the kids, we need to get rid of that. Like, that needs to be eradicated from the American collective conscious because by thinking of the kids, I can promise you as someone who's been part of the kids, and again, this is just my personal opinion, mm-hmm. get divorced if it's going to make you happier. Because yeah. as soon as your the parents are happier, the kids are going to be happier.
1: And see, I completely understand your perspective and also... I have not, like, I'm not a child of divorce, so I only, like, you've experienced what it's like, oh, divorce, but it still works out. But I think about, like, the characters in this film, and I think about how, like, they're both essentially trying to break the cycles that have been set by their parents before them. And I think about how, like, she's like, I don't want to raise my kids in a broken home. Like, I don't want to raise our kids in a house where, like, we talk to each other like this which, like, it, it, you see it, it like, throughout the, the movie, like, oh, her parents, like, do not have a healthy relationship, and they live together,
0: and they're together, but by no means is this,
1: like, a, an ideal marriage. And-, and you can
0: just feel the, like, when, when you first meet her parents, Michelle Williams's parents, you see how vocally or verbally abusive he is and emotionally abusive he is, and then you can just feel that hovering over the next time mm-hmm. that we see her parents. Like, that's, it, it's, it's, it's oppressive how mm-hmm. much how, how unhappy they are together so it's like oh that's be- that's better for kids really like yeah. that sort of like oppressive looming feeling of i'm unhappy mm, no but at the same time though what i also
1: think about him and him like his and they really don't go into it much except for that one conversation when they're having like that family dinner but he's like yeah like my mom uh and my dad didn't work out yeah and so basically he was raised with only one parent right and so i think about how she like cindy like the character she's trying to break her cycle but he's also trying to break his own where right. like he i don't doesn't want, to want a single a single yeah. parent but household. she
0: is like well i can't become my abusive yeah,
1: ex- yeah. and and the thing is like what watching it now after all these years and after like my own personal experiences like what he's doing and saying like think of the kids you're absolutely right it is gaslighting but he's not doing it I don't feel like his character is doing it from a, a manipulative standpoint. Like, I'm, I'm trying to say what I need to say to get you to say this. I genuinely feel like he's like, no, like, I don't want this. For, the same way you don't want that for your, like our kid, I don't want this for my kid either. Yeah. And I feel like that that... so He's just really trying to avoid his kid. Like, and the way he walks away, he's literally fall... Like, the cycle repeats itself again. And I feel so much pain for him. Uh, especially, like, just that situation. Like, it not even being... Like he said, like, I never wanted to be a dad. Like, yeah. I never wanted to be someone's husband, but here I am. And, like, this is my dream now. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting because, like, yeah, I think our trauma will jump out in moments like that. But I don't always think it's a form of intentional manipulation as much as it is, like, I'm just doing what I can to hold on to what it is that I value. And I'm trying to do it in
0: any way that I know how to, you know? Yeah. I would be more on board with you mm-hmm. on that, of, like, being more forgiving of yeah. Brian Gosling's character. Yeah if that scene existed in an isolation chamber, mm. but strung together with the rest of the movie, I'm like, no, this guy sucks. <laughs> it's so
1: You know, it's so funny you say that. Cause I was, when this time watching, I watched it with my brother and I was like, something that I don't love about this movie is, and I realized after watching it now, and I value seeing that now is that I think that, I mean, this just goes to show like our difference in perspectives, but like, I felt like they actually, the, whoever wrote that, I, it was Derek who like Derek on friends who wrote it and, I believe Cammy Delavine and like Joy Curtis, like three writers, right? And I'm and I remember telling David before I saw who was the wrote. I'm like, I feel like whoever wrote this mm-hmm. was a guy that got his heart broken. And because of that, he was like, you know what, I'm gonna write a movie about it. Mm-hmm. And he painted this male character as not like as being kind of as like being a savior, to be honest. And I'm like, this is unrealistic. Like I actually feel that it didn't go too enough into Michelle Williams' character and like her thinking throughout the film. And I felt like this is so one sided. That by the end of it, I'm like, the person who wrote this definitely viewed the, like, viewed Ryan Gosling's character as, like, being not, I guess, like, the hero. And kind of painted Cindy, Michelle Williams' character, as being, like, the the villain, almost. And, but though they're, I'm interested to talk about, like, the other things that happened, because I could tell you and I have very different perspectives on these characters. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: That's so, Yeah.
1: And I say that because I, like I said, I feel like this 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 movie had very much like a a, a patriarchal perspective, to be honest. That I oh, didn't sure, realize before, sure. but I see it now, and I'm like, I think this is very unfair towards her character.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if like it makes me wonder if, uh, Derek had a relationship where he was like Ryan in it. I think he did, I've... and tried to like redeem himself a little bit or like share his perspective. But for me, it still made him look like an asshole. Yeah,
1: no, I feel, because I feel like his that his characters, like his positivity was toxic because he was like, no, he basically believed like you could love yourself. You could love something out of existence. You know what yeah. I mean? Like at the end of the day, these two characters probably like they were not meant to be with each other or they just were not a good fit. And she said yeah. that she was like, this is just not working. Yeah. And I feel like that the character and the writer definitely had like a perspective or had an experience where it's like, no, I believe that you could love something into like, it could work. We can make it work. And it didn't work out. And I felt, and at the yeah, end, that I felt, feels like so toxic. Yeah. Like to be it, like, it is toxic.
0: Yeah. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. My thing with like, um, I think the overall, so like separating. Switching gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I'm ready. Um, I feel like the main thesis of the movie is like, and I think the reason it's structured between pre and post, the way that it jumps um, between pre and post, right? Marriage. I think the main thesis is that like um, the past is um, fuzzy and romantic Mm -hmm. and um, tainted by nostalgia And the present, when you really, you know, focus in hyper detail or you put your actual circumstances under a microscope, you think, oh, shit, I can see all the details of this. Mm -hmm. And the details are really exposing a reality that I don't like. So I think and this and here's here's my here's my my paragraphs to back up the thesis. Mm -hmm. Right. So the pre-marriage scenes are filmed on film like 16 millimeter mm-hmm. film. Right. And I texted you about this. This makes so much sense. <laughs> and the, the post marriage scenes are filmed on digital now. Artistically, um, or, you know, theoretically film has a more nostalgic, romanticized, mm-hmm. blurry around the edges evocative feel like people want to shoot on film when they want to evoke some sort of emotion normally right and digital is used when you want it to be sleek and cool and um you want to present it in high definition or um uh you want to turn like the fantastical into the like something that seems real right the Avengers would never be filmed on film, right? Mm-hmm. Like that—that's sort of like what I'm Martin right? Scorsese would go crazy if he saw that, <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that's a whole other, a whole other can of worms. So, with the pre-marriage scenes being filmed on film, you get this sort of like this gritty, uneven edge that often populates memory, right? Like memory only lives inside the person who has the memory, right? So we can sort of do whatever we want with mm-hmm. it. The, the present is being observed by those around us, right? The people who are, like... Um, the people who are also making memories, right? So, like, this moment right now that we're experiencing is in, like, high def, right? But in a year from now, we might look back on this and be like... Oh, the, the memory feels like... Uh, we, we, yeah. I've turned it into one thing and you've turned it into another. Yeah. So, I think what's going on in this movie is that their ideas of the present are very different despite maybe Ryan Gosling's character's view of, or even both of them, both of their experiences being so, um, you know, laden with emotion and nostalgia Mm -hmm. about how they began because it was, uh, their emotional stakes of their social circumstance was so heightened, right? Like Michelle was pregnant with someone else's kid in an abusive relationship and Ryan Gosling had, just moved to Brooklyn or something, right? Yeah. He had like just started a new, right? And, and he's so, such a romantic too. like Right. And so of... like him in general, he like wants to play music and he's so romantic. So I think like the, the, the overall thesis is like, we need to confront the, um, the present and like our actual circumstances. And the, what's fascinating about that movie is there's no, there isn't an event that there, there's no reason why they get, why it starts to crumble. It just is, right? Like, it it shows that like sometimes when we when we um, are willing to put the past our past idealization of something to rest and actually look at you know what's going on in the future is you start to think, oh, I guess there was no impetus or no emotional apex. It Mm -hmm. just was like it just fizzled out. Like, there's no, there was no, nobody cheated on each other. At least from like what we saw, there was no you know, mental or physical or, I mean, there was some abuse for sure because Ryan's character was an alcoholic, but not, no like moment where like it came to a head where like someone threw something at someone or these like cinematic tropes or like these things that we think have to be involved for, for the dissolution of a relationship. Right. Like there was none of that. It just like, like Michelle was saying, like it just doesn't work anymore. And I think that's too, like
1: part of like what it was that when I first saw this movie, like, it's it only now, years later, that I feel like I'm understanding it on, like, a human relationship level versus before it was a feeling. But it was like, why is this... Why exactly is this happening? And and I think that when, like, I was reading up for... To come as close to prepared as I could for this as you come, I remember reading, like, someone asked the director, like, when is it that it the relationship ended for them? And Derek was like, I'm not even sure. Like, even mm-hmm. he's a little unclear about what it is. And I think that it's one of those... Like I, I, thought that I knew because
0: that makes me think it was, is autobiographical in nature. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, and but also like I thought it, I thought there was a moment because, and this yeah, is maybe what did, you, what did you think? So I think for me, like I was at first, taking like viewing it to not literally, but I was like, okay, um, it's called Blue Valentine. There's a lot of reds in this movie, and there's a lot of blues in this movie, and it's like so much in your face in terms of like their 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 wardrobe. And the lighting choices, especially yeah. like in the future room, in the that I'm, yeah, exactly. That I'm like, okay, is this com- unintentional or is this very much like, almost like very on the nose about like what the symbolism is? And so I remember that, like, as a character, um, like for the first up until the scene where she gets um, an abortion, uh, like or almost or almost, yeah, sorry, almost gets an abortion. She she wears either uh, she doesn't wear blue. But when we see her in the present day... When we see her in I the present day, that. the first time we see her, it, she's wearing like a, a blue shirt, right? And we see him in red, red van, but covered in blue paint, right? And so when we go to the flashbacks, I'm like, okay, this is an intentional thing or what's what's going on? And so she doesn't start... she's wear, She wears either like neutral colors or reds up until the point where she's in the abortion clinic. Mm. And so when we see her in the clinic, it's the first time that we actually see her wearing blue, like chronologically speaking.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, and so in like for me and then she puts on like the blue hospital gown and I'm like later on they have like the gown that she wears as a nurse is like a muted pink Mm -hmm. so like on the red spectrum and I was like okay this intentional and so I was wondering if like that moment the director was saying like this is where things change like this is where like hence the blue valentine but I after I read that he wasn't even sure about it I was like, maybe it's, like, one of those things, like, reading too much into it. But I was having fun with it. I was yeah. having fun, like, looking at this movie, like, yeah. how do how do filmmakers use different tools in their wheelhouse to tell a story to or to, like, speak about, you know, character development? But I think, ultimately, what it ends up being is really just, like, there is no moment because these people really were just not meant to be with each other. Yeah. If you think about it, I all it would have also- taken was a Plan B pill, and this movie would have take, taken a completely different turn. Like, if she were just, like, after, like, her Bobby Ontario... Who, by the way, he's that character is a piece of shit. Oh, Like, for sure. that guy yeah. is something else. Yeah. But I think that, like, if it's just a small decision that she could have made. Like, even before the abortions point. But I'm like, oh, just, I'm going to be safe and cautious and just yeah. take this. It would have put them on different paths. Like, they wouldn't have a child holding them together. But I think at the end of the day, it is, like you said, like, they just weren't really meant for each other. Like, they just didn't fit. Because yeah. she's, like... He's like this hopeless romantic. He's like, I believe you could fall in love like on first sight. And even his friend is like, I don't know about that. Like, I think that you're just like getting lost in it. And she's like talking to her grandma, saying like, Oh, um, how do you know? Like, do do you believe in love? Like, how do you how do you know if you can trust your feelings? Yeah. When they can when they can disappear disappear so quickly. quickly. Yes. 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 And I was like, Yeah, I think that this is just. It ended up. I think that it's intentional. And. When you said autobiographical, I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see that. That there was just, there didn't have to be a moment. It just was a, like an inevitable outcome. Like if it weren't this, if it weren't the dog dying that kind of started them, like, you know, let's go to the hotel and let's have this moment. (laughs) They probably could have gone on years just like being living in that that buffer zone, in that limbo with Frankie because they had that shared, like, oh, we have to take care of Frankie. Right. But it was like what that, you know, like the dog finally being like dying and, you know, escaping that separated them from Frankie and like at that point like they had no choice but to face each other and I think that if it weren't for the dog it would have been something later on that they would have been like this isn't gonna work
0: yeah yeah and I mean there's here's the reason why like to switch back to like why I dislike Ryan Gosling's character is the um, emotional manipulation to get to Find out that she was pregnant, mm-hmm. he climbed up on the fence and, like, was like, I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, I'm that going. was pretty intense. That would make me freak out, like, <laughs> as a person, like, I would be freaking out. Um, what else? Oh, the like obvious, like, macho, like, putting his foot in the door, like, Hey, hey, hey talk to me, talk to me. To me. I got money, I'm, I'm making money to take girls out or whatever. I'm just like, Oh my god, I roll. And then, But it's, um, it's
1: actually funny that you bring that up because I feel like masculinity is something that is, like, touched upon numerous times in this movie. And I was wondering, like, what the – uh, like, actually, I'll wait. I want you to finish first and then we'll get into this, that's, it because I have in my That's list. kind yeah.
0: of it. Like, And I just feel like there, he just does some, like – he does so much, like, unhealthy stuff. He's always like, what are you going to do, hit me? What are you going to do, hit me? It's almost like he wants her to hit him. And I yeah. just, like, can't figure out, like, where that emotional – like, I can't figure out what the – uh, motivation is for that. I'm like, what's yeah. your deal, dude? Well,
1: it's funny because, I, and this is where, when I say like, I feel like that the 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 writers were taking a very much like a, a the male's perspective in this because I do feel like that 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 line like, oh, do you like hit me when they're in like the 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 the, the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. I feel like that they strategically put her like they have her saying a line that questions his masculinity, you yeah. know, and that he's like. It's almost like for them to justify him acting like that, they needed to trigger him in a sense, like with her, which I felt like was unfair to her. But at the end of the day, like it's, I feel like the, 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 like that touching upon masculinity and what it means to be in a male relationship, I think that it goes back to like her relationship with her dad. Because something that I realized this time coming around was when she came back from, um, when she came back from, that like fight in the office, she specifically told her dad, "I don't want to talk to you right now." And yeah. she said it in a way like that, the intonation and like the the intention with it was it. I didn't think it was random, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. And I, it's almost like I almost felt like she was blaming him
0: mm. for like because she because she found someone exactly
1: exactly, like him. exactly yeah. like him, and like she's been she's been trying to break this cycle, you know. And right. I felt like, but once I feel like it was unfair towards her character because it's
0: almost like. Yeah, I felt the type of way about them. Yeah, I did yeah. Um, there was something else that. Oh, can we talk about the sex scenes for a second? Mm. S- so sad. Oh my god.
1: So dark. Right. It so, was painful. It broke me watching them.
0: It's like a ro- so, and I want to talk about this because it is like it is a romance movie. Like, yeah. And so all these these moments where they're trying to respark their relationship just shows you that it's burnt out How right like fucked up the shower scene is i literally wrote um um shower scene range of emotions okay this is about to be hot then it's just sad again then oop, might be hot nope just sad again literally that's what it, i wrote in my in my notes i have like this broke me literally watching that and- it's like they go to this like romantic retreat right and which is only so romantic to be honest, but I'm like, like, the, like this is a windowless you go. Like, and you know, tacky. now
1: like in a COVID world, I see that place. I'm like, I wouldn't yeah. want to step yeah. in there at all. Yeah.
0: Um, and it, she's taking a shower and it's filmed kind of like, you know, romantically and seductively. Mm-hmm. And you think he's going to go, but of course it's a movie. So he, you know, he joins her in the shower mm-hmm. and he's like trying to like soap her up. And I'm like, Oh, maybe this is going to win her over. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm not into it. And so if, you're in the shower with your partner on a romantic getaway and you still turn them down. Mama, that's a sign. Yeah. That's, that's a, a red flag. Sign. Yeah. And then like they have that conversation at dinner, like the more of the movie goes on and we come mm-hmm. back to because linearly like narrative-wise that this most of it com- takes place in like one day, the post marriage. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. Um and um, then they have that scene where they're drunk and they have like the kind of like violent sex yeah. and he's like, no, I don't, I don't want to use you. Like, I don't want to see you like that. Like, da da, da da and she's like, Oh, just stop, just stop, just stop, just stop, just stop. And that's when I'm like, Oh, this is not, this it is hurts not to watch it. this. Yeah. It's but, so
1: dark, you know? And it's like when going back to something you brought up before about like how the, the, the flashbacks are shot in film, uh, like in the research I was seeing how that those shots that they filmed like pre-marriage, pre-pre Frankie, those were almost all one takes. Like they, and it was handheld, and it was very much like even the like the DP. He was saying how like we didn't even set up lights. Like we use almost yeah, all yeah. natural practical like lights, practical yeah. lights because uh, we wanted to like stay out of that as much as possible. And like that, like everything being a one take, the it being shot on film, even yeah, that they scene, were
0: like we're gonna shoot this in one take. So yeah, we don't have to edit exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's like also like it it adds to that feeling that you're saying like there's something like nostalgic and it's like when when something happens in real time you have this vivid detailed memory of it but not memory like experience in it yeah but as time passes like our memories become and just start to blur exactly and it's like we kind of like use that to our advantage like the even and it's like but it's funny because a lot of it i think about that scene if it was one takes like all these things there when they met it was raining and there was, but there was still sunlight and there was a rainbow. And I'm like, the f- the fact that like it's so romanticized yeah. that entire period yeah. of, that it's like, and it being in one take, it just feels like it's it's fleeting. The way love and like our yeah. memories of the first time we fall in love are fleeting. And
0: you know they um improvised a lot of the pre-marriage yeah. style, yeah, like and like the New York walking through New York with like the guitar, yeah, yeah. Way.
1: And I love I love those scenes. and like the romantic. I and mean, he loves that. But you bring up like the sex scenes and apparently that scene. Uh, In the shower, it took, like, two days to film. Oh, damn. Yeah, because they were, like, so... And, like you said, it brings to light that in the present day, like, there's... It's shot on digital, and it's, like, very, like, still shots. Like, it's no longer handheld, and it's, like... It's, like, you're under a microscope, and you're watching them. You're watching him trying to, like, get something out of her. her Yeah, yeah. exactly, and she's just, like... You see it in her, you almost just want to tell her, like, just leave, like, yeah. get out of yeah, the shower. Go. And just go, yeah, just go, go, please. Yeah. Like, this sis, is... this should be your side. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, man, like that, those scenes of like showing them intimate, like compared to like when in the flashback where she's like, where he's like giving her head. Mm-hmm. And you know, it almost, it got like an NC 17 rating initially did, for that, yeah. yeah. But it was just funny because then Ryan guys was like, that's misogynistic, Misogynist, yeah. Yeah, 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 which yeah. I was like, interesting.
0: But um yeah, yeah I was so I was actually just gonna say that the only like healthy seeming scene of passion was the one right before they cut at the very end to like mm-hmm. them like officially separating. Mm-hmm. I was like yeah. oh that this just this juxtaposition is yeah. evil. Like the one like healthy seeming sex scene is like the one that's saved all the way to the end yeah. before we cut back to like the
1: that song too. Like the use of "You and Me" by Penny and the Quarters, mm-hmm. and like the way he's like this is our song. To me, that's, like, another... It just fits so well with the feeling. Like, it's, yeah. like, this nostalgia. It sounds like it was it was recorded decades ago, put on a vinyl, and then you're recording the, re- like, the... The recording. The recording itself, yeah. And it's, like, it fits into that mold of, like, how do we romanticize and, like, how do we make memories seem brighter than they actually are? hmm And... But, yeah, man, that watching them interact with each other intimately was painful to watch, man. Yeah,
0: that seeing those scenes, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yo, and,
1: like, seeing, like, when the second time when they're on the floor and, like, seeing her fist and feeling like, yo, you just want to, like, you want to beat him off like he's, he, and... She's and not, literally,
0: like, going, like, ow. Like, yeah. like no. Like, yeah. and but, I'm just like, Ugh.
1: But it's so, but this is where, like, even later on, before that scene when they're, um when they're, like, in the, when they're, like, a, uh, in when it cuts to like don't you want to do something with your life yeah and it's like it's in like this harsh blue light you know what i mean like it does not look appealing but the net like it cuts to them fighting um like on the bed Mm -hmm. and have like they're being like it being on this under this red light and that is the only time that we really see them sort of laugh and connect like that because i don't get the sense that like oh she's releasing her her, her frustration there because there's this, like... Maybe he's just, like, too dumb to realize that, oh, I fucking hate you. But, yeah. like, there's, like, this tussle that seems playful. And it seems playful because later on you see them when they're first falling in love, like, on the streets of New York, having the same exact interaction. That's the same, what's, what's cool laughing, about you know? the
0: juxtaposition is mm-hmm. it always takes the same element. Mm-hmm. What connects them, what connects the scenes is there's always something that's the same. Which reminds me that, like, really dark, drunk sex scene would immediately precedes succeeds succeeds that dark sex scene is when they're in the taxi and the taxi driver is like no sex in my car car." so it's like it's this really like brutal comparison of like this jovial humor laden you know sexy encounter with this really dark drunken like emotional like borderline abusive like interaction so it's like it's just like that's what this movie does. Is it like builds you up in like the, the the heat of nostalgia, and then like crushes you down with the the punishing reality. And that's I
1: you, like you ask like why is it that that I chose this movie? Because I could I could say that after watching this, that it's not one of my all time favorite movies, but it is one of those movies that shaped me because yeah. it was the and first time. The yeah, and and like you say, we got to know the assignment. So. And so yeah, that that's, come what on, it, call back. <laughs> and that's what it was that, like, I, before I even knew anything about storytelling or, like, even, like, the shifting in, in, like, going from film to digital, it's, like, I felt the way that they put this together when I first saw them like, I felt this sort of, these drastic changes, like, back and forth and seeing similar behaviors and similar reactions, but feeling completely different. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, why does this feel different watching it now and versus watching it, you know, when they were. You know, why does this feel different when they're watching, when they're fighting in the future room versus when they're fighting on the streets of New York uh, and, like, playing around? And literally, he's literally, like, unbuttoning her clothes yeah under, like, a very... I know exactly where that shot's, too. That's, like, a very public area, too. Yeah. So, for them, like, showing that type of intimate reaction or, like, this border, like, you know, getting close to something happening but and showing this passion and just feeling different watching it in the future room versus watching it in the in the past, it's, like... I, it, the feeling was something that stayed with me, which is why, like, when you asked me about this, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm gonna do that one because I felt yeah. so strongly watching yeah. this movie.
0: Uh, I love movies so much. <laughs> it's I, so love, corny, I like,
1: love being no, I love being on here. I, I'm gonna yeah. try to come back. I'm gonna try to gonna try to weasel my oh, way you're into back. Definitely
0: gonna come back. Before we wrap up, mm-hmm. too. Well, okay. Two more fun facts about mm-hmm. the movie, and then we'll go to transition mm-hmm. into something you've done. Um one the awards report card, so I always do the awards report card. Um, at the Academy Awards, um, Michelle Williams was nominated for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Golden Globes, both her and Ryan got nominated for Best Actor and Best Actress, and Michelle ended up losing to Nick- Natalie Portman, who won that year, two thousand ten, for Black Swan. Mm-hmm. And was nominated against uh, Annette Bening and The Kids Are Alright, Nicole Kidman in Rabbit Hole, and Jennifer Lawrence in Winter's Bone. Mm. So it was the year that like Jennifer Lawrence came out began like, yeah. like, began her meteoric rise yeah. to superstardom, um, which she's sort of been chilling for a while. I think she maybe had a kid or got married or something. Good for her. Um, but yeah, so that's the report card. And the other fun fact was um, it was orig- they were originally going to film it in California, but Heath Ledger had passed away like the year before, mm-hmm. and so Michelle wanted to be clo- wanted to be closer to their daughter um and so they ended up moving filming to the east coast
1: that was another really interesting like part of like the research aspect which is why like i want to come back on on your podcast because going into these like parts of the movie and like doing that research i it's so fun because they they yeah, you like wonder
0: it, you wonder how i know all this stuff about movies is because i'm a psycho <laughs> virgo with an insufferable need to find out everything about everything you're a simp for movies though movie. yep. i am yep. i'm a Sam, uh, oh, maybe uh <laughs> It, but it, like, like Daddy they, Hollywood,
1: they were yo, but they were like when they shot it, I did not know that w- they shot the you know the flashback scenes, and then they spent like a month living together, Yes. with yeah. with the daughter, yeah, and like yeah, and and the director Derek Sion France, like kind they of took, like, like like pictures, yeah, together, they yeah. yo they would go, they they celebrated like a fake Christmas together, yeah. they went to like I rem- like they. It said that they, like, simulated, oh, this is what the budget of our characters would be. And so they exactly. would go shopping yeah, like yeah. that. And so they really were trying. But Derek would, would apparently give them situations to, like, break it down. Like, oh, fight about... Like, I, I read specifically that one night he was, like, going to her room and try to make love to her. Yeah, I have... And I'm, like, there is something. It's... Yeah. I have thoughts about that.
0: Can, but... can I hear your thoughts, actually? Cause... Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that type of like, method I directing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a little bit uncomfortable. I agree.
1: Especially when you're bringing into account like that. this little girl, like the girl who plays Frankie. like yeah. She's also around this. Right. You know what I mean? To a certain extent, also, like, like, she's
0: just a kid. There's yo, a like... difference between like whispering in your actresses that you're like, hey, think about it like this. Yeah. And then telling the actor to be like, hey, you should go try to seduce your co-star. Yeah. yeah. Like, girl, come <sighs> on. But that's a whole nother ethics we should have recorded so before this you guys me and anthony and our my roommate aaron were having a whole conversation about like ethics with you know separating art and artists and like all this other stuff that's something that we need to record for another yeah we definitely i mean Um, yeah and except that'll probably get me canceled just kidding um so before we wrap this up, I of course need to volley back and shout out your production company and the work that you've done. We talked a little bit at the beginning, but Anthony is a very talented filmmaker, editor, jack of all trades, um, and your your creative collective or whatever it is that you guys call yourself, <laughs> production team, because um, it, it doesn't say to say production team sounds, yeah. sounds sterile. Like from what I know about you and the, that group, it's like it really is like a creative. You know, crew that volleys off one another, yeah. um, and they made this movie called In Full Bloom. And if you guys haven't watched it, it is beautiful. Um, and I'm so excited to see what you guys do
1: next. I appreciate you. I, like I said in the beginning, like you hearing your thoughts on it, sort of like one. It's hard to describe like what we are because, like, like you said, production company sounds like sterile. Yeah, and we really like at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of us, a bunch like. Filmmakers, painters, poets—like just sitting down, and we, one of us will get an idea, like, "Oh, what about something like this?" And we'll build on it. Right. And it, it, like that's how these ideas come about. And it, it, the, I can't. It's not like I'm in these rooms with other production companies, but it feels like it's just—it's it, hard to call it. Oh yeah, we're a production company. Yeah. Because it, I feel like it—it it takes away from the feeling and and the emotion and the genuine sort of like creative flow that like I I find myself in with these. Group of the most talented people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. People that I feel like I was blessed by the universe with. Yeah. And um, but honestly, man, like hearing your like when I read your thoughts on in full bloom, um, I it like I said it validated what we were doing because I I I hear you and I read how you talk about movies, man, and how you talk about culture period, and it's so it's so warm and it's so inviting and it's like it, it makes me feel like oh if you care anything about these things you should you should read and listen to what dylan has to say and so no really and that's why and you i'm saying it now out loud because i've told you this like privately at work but you know if the universe allows it and we're we're able to release films like in theater record yeah going on record (laughs) if we're like and i believe it so when this happens when when, yeah when we're releasing these films uh like in theaters and we're getting premieres and fingers crossed when we're at these awards like ceremonies I'm flying you out to every single premiere and award ceremony that we're ever at. And I'm saying that on record. Great. Hold me on to record. it. Hold me accountable to yeah, it.
0: Yeah, um, thank you. That's very sweet. But it also, like, in readers, it, 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 is, it feels very special and full circle to, um, A, have you on here finally. Because really, our entire friendship was, like, based on creativity. And, yeah, like, from the moment, I feel
1: like we started talking. This.
0: Literally, like, the first thing we talked about was, like, I mean, that's kind of my icebreaker in general. It's like, oh, like, what movies do you like? Yeah, like, yeah. That, I think that's like when it opened the floodgates. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. And so you have to understand, people. When I met... I know I said this earlier. When I met Anthony, when I met you, you were in medical school or, like, pre-med or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation that was, like... We, like, all of a sudden got super deep, like, two months into being friends, right? You were, like... We we both started saying, like, how we wanted to be more involved in the thoughtful production and consumption of you know film or art in general right so to see you f- 3 years later or whatever it is actually make something and then be able to re- be able to put my thoughts out there on that thing and be able to say this is my friend who made this it really does feel like very cool it, and it was very inspiring it's
1: so. like you said it's very full circle yeah. and like me being like I'm in full circle In full, <laughs> I'm, I'm a very spiritual person like I don't actually you yeah, yeah. you know just a
0: tad just a tad <laughs> but I, that's why like when like, yeah, if, you, if you real quick if you guys don't know Anthony it's zero to hundred like <laughs> it, it, the conversation is there from the jump which
1: I love no, and I think that's why, like, you and I connected. Because I think when you – I feel like what started at first was you at some point asking, like you said, like, what's your what's your favorite movie or what kind – And I think that us just connecting on that and it, like, manifesting into you. Because I see you right. like, I, I think about this podcast. Because this podcast started after you and I started speaking about this. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think – I don't know. How long have you been doing – no, I remember the rebranding of it was relatively recent. Like, I, it's not when we started talking. And so to see both of us sort of, like, pursuing... Because you and I, like, we love this shit, man. Like, I hear... It, like, I, if, if you know, the listeners haven't heard it from all the other episodes, all it takes is, like, a couple minutes of listening to you talk about movies or talking about, act, like, acting and talk about the art of it for you to know, like, oh, this person has a passion for it. Like, they... they it's, like, you're meant to be speaking about this, you know? And yeah. so for you to be doing that and... For to hear your genuine thoughts and feedback on a project that myself and my team both feel like we're meant to be doing these types of things as well, it's so like it's divine, honestly. Like oh, it's yeah. like one of those like oh the universe works in beautiful ways like yeah, that. Yeah, you I know agree. what I mean. And I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to be able to do this with like one. I'm coming back on your on your on the
0: pod, man. But also, I mean, we've had. You guys can't. You can't even begin to understand how many deep conversations we've had at work about mm-hmm. movies. So why wouldn't we yeah. put them on the yeah. damn? We just gotta keep waves. a mic on us during work. I know, <laughs> right, right.
1: But I'm, I am very much excited to come back again, and I will literally I can talk to you about movies and about our passion about it till we're literally old and gray. Like I'm, I I'm down wait. to come back here as long as you have it.
0: Well, I'm gonna go kiss Anthony on the mouth now for gasping me <laughs> up. No, I'm kidding. Um, thank you so much for coming. In. Thank you it for was having me, so, man. So fun. thank you. I and love. Obviously, you. this is not gonna be the first time. Or, no, I'm I mean coming back. Yeah. Where can we find you?
1: Uh, you can find me at on Instagram at Anthony's underscore But honestly, more importantly, like I would rather you see what the group of people that I'm working with, yeah, um, project feel like. Please, and that's
0: at project feel, right? That's at
1: project period feel. Period. Yeah. yeah, and so I definitely. Please go I'll, see that. It'll be linked in the bio. Yeah, but, okay, thank um, you, yeah. But that that group of people have literally, and you know, maybe we'll get into this sometime, but that group of people has literally saved my life. And yeah. so anything that I can do to bring any sort of light on what they're doing and all the people that this continues to bring into our lives, like you, like this, if if it weren't for like me pursuing that and you pursuing what you're doing, I don't think we'd be in this, uh, like across from each other right now. yeah, yeah. So yeah. any way that like, I can continue to shine a light on the people that inspire me, inclu- including you. Like, it's, it, yeah, please, please. And also, if you haven't heard the other episodes of His Only Vice, please fucking go back and listen to them. Season one, it's yeah. on the radio
0: waves. And season two coming. Um, all right, well, that's that. Thank you again, Anne. Thank you so much, though. Bye, guys.